we welcome you to the NACMA podcast. Join us by listening to each episode full of interesting topics from industry leaders in college athletics. There will be a wide range of topics, each one focusing on what we in college athletics deal with on a daily basis, revenue generation, brand management, and the fan experience. Today we are talking about Ryder University and the MAC tournament in Atlantic City with some of the key figures behind the Bronx marketing efforts and that of the MAC as well. Today we're joined by Karen Torsha, Deanna Korowiski, and Chris Foster. Welcome all of you to the Go Bronx podcast. Thanks, AJ. Thanks. We're happy to be here. So just an overview of our three guests. Karen is the Senior Associate Athletic Director. Deanna is the Assistant AD for Marketing and Fan Engagement. And Chris is the Assistant AD for Digital and New Media. And first and foremost, Karen, I'll start with you. How do you recommend fans getting tickets for the entire tournament, single day, March 10th through the 14th, Boardwalk Hall, Atlantic City? How do you get tickets? Yeah, sure. So the easiest way is for any fans that are wanting to see Riders games to contact us. Um, we've got a whole tournament central up on gobronx.com. And the easiest way, people can buy them online right now. They can go to GoBronxTix, so it's GoBronxTix.com, and mm -hmm. purchase their tickets, and they'll get guaranteed seats with other Ryder fans. People that are external to Ryder can go on the, the Max website, MaxSports.com, and purchase them there. Even if they, you know, search Boardwalk Hall, mm -hmm. they'll be able to get a, get a link to tickets. So, Karen, I'll ask you, as well as Deanna and Chris, just to chime in with their positions. Ryder being a host school... What does that mean? We see, we'll see the name on the court. We'll see their name associated with the tournament. But what does it mean to be a host school? Sure. So it's uh, Ryder and Monmouth, since we're the two closest to Atlantic City, both even a little bit over an hour away. Um, it it kind of means that we had to ramp up our marketing efforts a little, a little more than perhaps some of the other schools, like the Western New York schools or some, something like that, to try and really engage our fans and, and get them there. Um, but it's it's all, also um, a matter of for us, well, I don't think we're, our name will be on the court, but everyone kind of knows that we're affiliated. And mm -hmm. there's there's other jobs and other roles that are involved for us. You know, I'll let Chris speak a little bit. He, he's he got a, a pretty significant role, but our sports communications guys also have a role in handling some of the press conferences um, and, and other, you know, getting media stats and things like that. But, you know, Chris, your big role is uh, dealing with all the broadcasts. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a huge chunk of of our kind of responsibilities in Atlantic City is to um, get the word out both uh, prior to the tournament, but also during the tournament, during the games, and uh, during all the ancillary events that are going on during the week. Um, from my standpoint, from a broadcast standpoint, um, we're uh, lucky enough to to kind of uh, head up the production, the broadcasts of the first three days of the tournament, the, the first round and the two quarterfinal days, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, and, and kind of use our uh, infrastructure, our, our production equipment, our students from the conference, both from Ryder and Monmouth, but uh, other schools within the conference, uh, to, to broadcast the events, the, the, the games themselves on ESPN3. Um, and that's kind of my role and, and Ryder's role uh, of, getting the word out about the tournament mm -hmm. during the tournament mm -hmm. um, to, to our audience online. Um, but then it also falls under getting the word out about the broadcast and the tournament itself 
um, in the weeks, months, and what has been here leading up to the tournament. And it's a terrific branding opportunity for us as well because our production trailer will be down there where it's totally riderized everything. Mm -hmm. So you're you're going to see our website name, our logos, all that kind of things there. So we we bring our trailer down there and and we're doing it out of our trailer, even though you know Chris will be using some other other mm -hmm. people. So it's it's a great, like I said, branding uh, opportunity for for riders name recognition mm -hmm. down in the Atlantic City area. So, Deanna, from a marketing standpoint, it's only a couple weeks away now. I'm sure that's a different phase. You're getting ready for, for people actually to be there. What was it like three or four months ago letting people know the tournament is now in Atlantic City after being in Albany for a few years? What was it like then and now in terms of marketing? So as we get closer, it definitely gets a little more difficult for us. The challenge is we can tell you what days it's going to be. We have no idea when our team's going to play. So back in July, it was first promoting the fact that this tournament has moved. We're no longer at Albany. We're in AC. All Rider fans should have fairly easy access down there. Um, starting to talk to students that there will be buses, there will be tickets available. And as we moved closer, we were we reinforced that in every way possible through our email signatures, through various on-campus initiatives. Um, we saw Magnus back in October was a monopoly and thus AC theme. Um, and now that we're getting closer to that date, it's we're really trying to talk some specifics. Um, going, it's that March 10th through March 14th, and saying that these are going to be your bus options, these are going to be your ticket options. Head out to GoBronxTix.com. And, you know, the strategy really changes from now through next week through the week after because we will soon know where we're falling. Soon we'll have a better idea of what game we're actually playing because we could play Tuesday or we could play Wednesday. So it's really hard to promote to people at this point um, exactly what time they should be ready to see us because we don't even know yet. So right now it's sort of very broad marketing and reminding people that we're in AC, that we're really easily accessible, um, and telling all of our fans and students that GoBronxTix.com is your place to sign up for everything and to keep looking at our Championship Central, which is located um, on GoBronx.com. If all three of you can talk about your role with the MAC tournament, obviously first and foremost, Rider is your main priority. But you're also working with the other schools who are our competitors on the basketball court, our competitors, but and also they're your partners. So how is it working with the other MAC schools that you don't know when you're playing, but you have to keep them in the loop, you have to market along with them? How do you work with the other schools? So I think, you know, it, it kind of started in July a little bit for us when we knew that, you know, obviously Mammoth and Ryder were going to be hosting this. We actually went over to Monmouth in, in July and sat down kind of with their marketing team, brainstormed a lot of, of different things that we could do um, collaboratively or just shared ideas. And, you know, we've had some, some conference calls with the other schools in the MAC, the other marketing directors, where we've sort of shared ideas. Um, but I think, you know, I'm fortunate that I've got a pretty creative team uh, to work with. And, and like Deanna said, it, it's very difficult at first. We started all of this stuff back in July. I mean, we've done things, even as simple things as taking AJ the Bronx to Atlantic City so that we could get some photos and some video footage of him down there to create our own MAC tournament commercial, which sets us apart a little bit from some of the other schools because the other schools are running the MAC's generic one, mm -hmm. but we have our own rider-specific MAC tournament ad that we've been given permission to run because we went and did that. So we've been really creative throughout the whole time since you know, July when we started doing some of this. Once we get down there, for me, I'm actually on the Women's Basketball Committee for the MAC. So I am at every single women's basketball game, regardless of whether or not Ryder's playing in it. 
Um, but at the same time, I I'm going to be doing some stuff with our folks in student affairs who are handling the Fan Fest for us. Um, I'll be working with our development office who's doing a VIP reception down there. You know, if Chris happens to need something with the broadcast, I'm, I'm going to help him out. Deanna's got her own fun things that she gets to do while she's there. She oversees our our uh, band and, and spirit squads and kind of handling some of that. And there's some ancillary events that she's got to deal with with that. So it's it's kind of a lot more than we're normally used to having to do. And again, it's it's an hour and 15 minutes away from campus for us. So we're kind of all down there the week, regardless of whether or not our teams, uh, mm -hmm. you know, advance or not. Yeah, and I'll just add to some cross-collaboration is Karen alluded to, we've done a lot of collaboration across campus with various groups as compared to last year, there's been a lot more activation. But um, Karen mentioned that meeting with Monmouth. You know, one of the things that came of that is that we all agreed to do a beach night or an AC slash Monopoly night when we were at each other. So, you know, when the women's basketball, when Monmouth was here for our women's game, we gave away those hashtag Bronx to the boardwalk um, Monopoly Bronx shirts. Um, when the Monmouth men are here on the 28th, which is our ESPNU game at 9 p.m., that will be our sort of last big hurrah push to students. We'll be giving away a uh, Monopoly Bronx bobblehead that night, and we'll have a lot of stuff in-game promoting AC, promoting the tournament. Um, and Monmouth is doing the same thing every time we were down there. So that was a way that we figured, you know, we've got a big rivalry going on. We're both the two schools that are closest to it. And so it was sort of a way that we helped each other to promote that as well and agreed to do that for each other's games. So Chris, if you can offer what your role will be doing it now during the regular season, it is Bronx games. You're here on campus in Lawrenceville. What will it be like for you from a broadcasting standpoint in Atlantic City? Uh, well, first and foremost, it's a big undertaking for us as a small school production, as a conference, as a, a mid-major uh, production, uh, to, to broadcast 14 games is the total in the three days we broadcast, uh, six first-round games and eight quarterfinal games over two days. Um, so to go back to your, your kind of collaboration question, mm -hmm. um, there, there's four schools. It's us, it's Monmouth, uh, Manhattan, and Marist that are collaborating to kind of produce all of these games. It's not just myself. Um, who I would normally produce all of our rider games on campus. Um, we're splitting those games between the four different schools, four different producers um, down in Atlantic City. Um, so I will, there are a majority of the games I'm going to produce. Um, actually, all of the games I will produce will be for non-rider uh, competitions. So mm -hmm. neither of the teams will be rider because when rider steps on the court to play down in Atlantic City, um, I become almost – I'm a rider employee, obviously, at that point. Mm -hmm. um, for those other broadcasts, I'm uh, part of the Mac production. Uh, it may be our equipment, it's our truck, it's our brand, um, but it is a Mac production. We have to step up and collaborate with those other teams that uh, maybe we are foes on the court, but off the court, we are working as closely together, I think, as um, a group of people can to get make sure it runs smoothly. Mm -hmm. um, so we are um, in constant contact with each other. Um, Austin, Monmouth, Marist, and Manhattan, making sure that everything runs smoothly once we get down there. Um, switching from Albany to ACs, definitely got its pros. I think it's all pros, really. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also some hiccups along the way when it comes to certain operational things that you've been in AC for a few, or Albany for a few years. Um, so we kind of got in that kind of uh, groove, and now we got to get in that groove again once we're in AC. So, so I'll ask Karen and Deanna from a marketing standpoint. The last few years, we associate the MAC tournament with Albany. It's it just been an association. How hard, how easy has it been now to essentially tell your target audience 
instead of going north, you're going south for the MAC tournament. Yeah, it's um, that was probably one of the initial challenges that we knew we were going to face. You know, everybody's been so accustomed to just going to Albany. You just you think MAC tournament, you think Albany. So we had to change the mindset. And you know, unfortunately, um, you know that it's three and a half hours or so. Sometimes that's tougher. You know, for our fan base to to want to go up there. Um, we haven't, other than on the women's side, you know, we haven't really advanced very far through the tournament on the on the men's side. So to get that excitement, you know, a lot of times, like, we'll be honest, marketing-wise, winning teams help sell tickets. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's it's been a challenge. And then to get people to understand that now we're going to Atlantic City, it's kind of why we started back in, in July. And, I mean, we started creating the spreadsheet of everything that we've been doing since then. And, and it's an enormous spreadsheet now from... All the things, like I said, to the footage that we had, to, you know, family weekend, we had some postcards with the information that was back in November um, when the president welcomed all faculty and staff back in January after the winter break. He included tournament information in his welcome back email. Uh, we had our athletic director, Don Harnum, on campus talking to students at the Student Senate at the club sports councils. So all these little things that maybe we wouldn't normally have done, and I mean, if you've been on campus, the big TV outside the Bart Ludwig Center has it. The televisions in every room and every building have all mm-hmm. had that tournament graphic on it. So, um, and like Deanna had alluded to, we're, we're fortunate that we've got a terrific team of on-campus activation members that are really collaborative with us from um, our advancement office to alumni relations to student affairs, where we've done a number of on-campus types of events, um, and we'll have another one for the students the week before the tournament. So, you know, it's normally when it's tournament time, we start doing some things late January, February, and say, hey, we're going to be up there, knowing that our fans aren't going to be interested until they know where the seeds are and, and where our team's playing and what time, what game. This, we not only have that challenge of okay you know we might the women might be playing on a you know afternoon game on a Wednesday but we have the challenge of making people recognize okay this tournament is in Atlantic City it's actually not that far from where I am I could go down there to a game and come back and not have to stay Mm -hmm. over. So Deanna from a marketing standpoint the word is out there it's in Atlantic City but now let's talk about that key word fan engagement. You've got Atlantic City, you've got the nightlife, you've got the restaurants, the beach, the gambling, all those aspects we think of Atlantic City. How do you tie that in now for a good time as well as creating time for people to go watch basketball? So, yeah, for us, we've definitely been trying to remind people that AC is not only the place to go watch the game, but that it's a destination. Um, We've tried to, every time we go out to students, to remind them that, you know, which is, this is also a challenge, what I'm about to say, is that spring break backs up right to the tournament time. So we know student-wise, as much as we can try to get buses from campus, when we get to that championship game and that Friday, the semifinals, we don't really have as many students on campus to try to get down there. So we're reminding students, make us part of your plans. Just as you said, there's a lot going on at night. Um, there are shows. There are other activities that students can include. There is the beach. There is all the flashy lights of AC and all the things for them to do. So it's definitely something that we have mentioned, even to our general fans. Um, have a fun weekend. Come down here. Where You're not just here to watch basketball, but that's the best part of your weekend. Um, but that you can do basketball and do a show, have a great dinner, and maybe go gamble a little bit. Um, and to help you know, add to all of that, we've gotten some really great room rates through the MAC, um, which is all on our Tournament Central page, which is gobronx.com slash MACchamps20. Um, and we've encouraged students to go there as well because we've gotten some really great low hotel rates. 
so that our fans and students can go down there. Um, and there are some other to-do lists, some restaurants that if you show them your ticket to the game, that you will get discounts at various restaurants. So you're right, it's those sort of activation things and reminding them that there is much more in AC other than basketball, and that is a destination, and that people should spend their weekends there. And, and don't forget the mac and cheese fest. Yes, and there's, we have our mac and cheese fest there, mm-hmm. and then we have our band jam there, and our Spirit, Spirit Squad, Squad showcase, yep. and there's going to be a fan fest down there, both Friday and Saturday, which our friends over in Student Life are manning and handling for us. So there's there's a lot other than just basketball yeah. going on. Okay, so you can't go too far without talking about the mac and cheese fest and not talking more about the mac and cheese fest. <laughs> well, if you like mac and cheese, that's the place for you. Um, I can't go into too much detail because that's not something that's on our end. That's mm-hmm. on the mac end. Um, but they bring in a bunch of different vendors that sample different versions of their house mac and cheese, and I've heard it's a tasty time. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> tasty and cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> so part of the uh, festivities will be centered around the Hard Rock, the Tropicana, two very happening hotels, good nightlife within those in Atlantic City. So, Karen, if, if the goal is to get fans interested, get them to go out to the games as well as take part in Atlantic City's nightlife, how important was it to be at the Hard Rock and the Tropicana? Well, I think, you know, those are, are two of the the nicer hotels that are right near Boardwalk Hall. Um, the Tropicana is, you know, less than a quarter of a mile, I think, from the uh, Boardwalk Hall. And Hard Rock is a little bit farther, but it's also brand new. It's got that whole Hard Rock, um, you know, casino feel. There's there's other ones across the country and in, in different or in different countries. Um, and so I think a lot of people affiliate that. They know that that name brand, the same mm-hmm. with the Tropicana. So, you know, the fact that those two hotels have partnered with the MAC and been able to give the schools some pretty competitive rates, actually, for hotel nights down there um, is, is really impressive. So we're, we're really thankful for that partnership um, as well. You know, the, the two teams will be staying at, um, you know, each, each team, each men's team and each women's team will be staying at one of those two hotels. So, you know, well, there's a lot to do in those hotels. There's, you know, food. There's all different kinds of things. I mean, I think the Hard Rock even has an escape room or something like that in it. So, you know, like Deanna was saying with the things, the ancillary things to do, yes, there's a lot of basketball and a lot of fan fest and mac and cheese fest, but you can go shopping. There's outlet malls down there. I mean, you know, this is truly a destination location that I think all the schools in the MAC have been looking for for mm-hmm. a while. It's a neutral site. Um, nobody will have that home court advantage, so to speak. You know, it's all—it's a challenge for all of us. I mean, we've, we've all been challenged, the schools and the conference, in terms of their marketing staff to really promote this. You've got to get your people to come. Mm-hmm. And, you know, year one, it, it'll be tough. Like, we don't have anything to gauge it on. We don't, we don't know how this is done last year. So all the efforts that we've been doing, we're not going to be able to, to tell until after the tournament. And then maybe we adjust this summer and say, okay, maybe we don't have to do some of these things. Maybe we focus other efforts elsewhere and mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, we've been participating in a, a social media buy with some, some ads right now that we've been doing, you know, on behalf of the MAC to really target that additional push of, of whether it's students or the young alums or fans that, you know, mm-hmm. are really heavy into the social media aspect. So, Chris, Atlantic City certainly is a destination city, nightlife, restaurants, shopping. Mm-hmm. It's also a destination for golf. And here's the important question. <laughs> Will you, with all your duties, have time to golf in the great golf courses they have in Atlantic City? I thought you were going to ask me this. <laughs> um, I guess ideally, no, there won't be enough time. Um, obviously, the first three days of the tournament are busy. Um, but Ryder 
should be going deep in the tournament, and I'll have to uh, stay in basketball mode the whole week for, for that to cover our team. But if that unfortunately doesn't happen, I think I can find myself at AC Country Club mm-hmm. or Seaview or somewhere down there. Even in March? What if it's cold? They're predicting a Never colder cold. March. He's Never jumping into the ocean tomorrow. Right? Oh, that's true. Polar bear plunge <laughs> tomorrow, so you can handle some golf in 30-degree weather. Chris yeah. is correct. It's never too go- uh, never too cold for golf. <laughs> and now talking, as you mentioned, hopefully Ryder goes deep. We're looking at it from a Ryder perspective. But Looking at it from basketball and marketing, once again, the MAC has so many schools within a couple-hour drive of Atlantic City. And at the same time, this year has six or seven, eight teams or so right in the hunt for the men and women for both of the uh, standings. A lot of teams right in the middle. A lot of teams can win it. How does that look from an optimistic standpoint marketing where there's six, seven, eight teams who can win it, and there's six or seven, eight teams of fans who can be there in just a couple hours. I mean, I think we like to plan it as if we're making it to Saturday on both sides, of course. Um, The championship day. Yeah, the championship day, sorry, on the 14th. Um, So that's how sort of we're moving forward mentally with this and how this is how we're planning everything we do starting now, all the graphics we prepare, all of the website signups for both tickets and for the buses. Everything is done as if we were there through Championship Saturday because that's our expectation. That's what we hope for. We know more fans will be interested, you know, sort of as we progress along. Um, As Karen is saying, we have no baseline for AC. Um, We've done our best to activate our fans. But if we happen to play on a Tuesday night, I, you know, we sort of have to see how our fans are going to come out. A Tuesday night's kind of awkward. It's not a Thursday night, as a lot of the tournaments are. Um, so we'll see. And, you know, we have our plans in place for all of our emails and how those will all be scheduled out as well as how we move forward through the tournament. So our marketing right now is, you know, this is kind of what could happen, but you guys have to be ready to receive the communication. So that's part of the big word that we're spreading spreading that this is what could happen but it's on our fans to also look out for this information knowing that what they're being given right now is not the entire picture and i think we've done a pretty good job in terms of communication whether it's to alumni people you know development things like that that we've been saying to them hey this is happening do you want to receive more information and a lot of people have have opted in yes i'm interested in tickets yes i'm interested in hotels so that we're not just sending out 35,000 emails or 50,000 emails, you know, to alums and those people are saying, yeah, I'm, I'm not even reading it. You know, you're actually getting people. I was at a, a different event. I was at a wrestling event and we had a, a wrestling alum who was there. And he's like, oh, I just got another email about the MAC tournament. Yeah, this is great. Thank, I'm so glad that I signed up to actually get this information so that you guys keep reminding me that, hey, we're getting close. You know, uh, and then he actually asked me, are you going to send out more information once you know where the seeds are? And I said, absolutely, we'll have all that with tickets, with hotels and everything. But in the meantime, you can go on our website, gobronx.com, because it's right there on the front page. It says MAC Tournament Central. Typically, we don't even put that up until maybe one or two weeks prior, because people in the past haven't really been looking for it. But because of this whole Atlantic City, new site, new, you know, us being a host, we started that at the beginning of February. So that's been up there. We've just added, you know, specific links to it. So we'll see what happens. So logistically, do you know right now, I know I'm asking off the top of your head, when is the last regular season game in the MAC for the men's and women, and which would solidify all of the seedings? Do you know that? Do you know, March Chris? 7th is the last uh, day of the MAC season. 
And that's for the men. I think either both. Whatever the Saturday is, whatever that yeah. that Saturday. This he's correct. The seventh. Our the teams seventh, are yeah. done prior to that. I think our women are done. What on? I believe the women are done the fifth. Yeah. Are our men are done on the fourth? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, so so we, but unfortunately, you know, we might be able to speculate and say, okay, we could be here, mm. we could be here, we have to do all these scenarios because there are games after ours. So, you know, we can project out and sort of speculate. I think on the women's side, it might be a little bit clearer than it than it's going to be on the men's side. You know, you've got your one one through four are a little bit separated from five through eleven on the women's side. On the men's side, it's it's just a, a toss-up. I mean, we could jump from, a, you know, we went from fourth to first with one game, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of weeks ago, and then we went from first to fourth with one game. So it's really hard to tell mm-hmm. right now. But, yeah, those are the last couple of days. With all the planning that you're doing and you guys in athletics doing the planning, you have Coach Milligan, you have Coach Baggett doing their planning on the basketball court, do you uh, include them at all? Do they know what's going on? How do you juggle marketing versus coaching and putting it together for them to prepare their time in Atlantic City? I They've both been fairly active. Um, both the women's team and the men's team have been partnered up through an initiative with the MAC um, with a partner school in the AC area. Both were partnered with the um, Atlantic City High School. And so the women went down there for a day in January, and the men went down there for a day in February last week, I believe. And what they got to do is they got to talk to a couple of different hundred groups of students and to sort of tell them their stories, um, what the men's basketball team was doing there, a little about who each of the players were, because obviously if you have a little more of connection, you get a little more interest. Um, and they got to see the TV studio and the radio station at that high school. And so those student journalists were able to ask our teams questions, and they're putting together footage on that, and they're putting together um, a little radio clips based on that. So they're sort of taking that promotion and running with it. And I think we were lucky enough to be partnered with one of the bigger schools. It has about 2,500 kids because it covers five counties. Um, and there were also rider signs everywhere in the school. So it was really cool to see our branding somewhere else in another school. So I think those peop- those students have really become rider fans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our coaches have led the initiative of, you know, those days and going down there, and they're keeping up that partnership on behalf of the teams with writing letters, keeping in touch with teachers. Um, and that's just one specific in- instance of what our coaches have been doing. But they've been doing a lot more anytime we need them to go talk to a group um, or need to do any communication on their behalf. Um, they've been fantastic partners, and they understand that, you know, this is a time that their responsibilities go beyond just coaching on the court, but they've got to step up and go the extra mile to help us promote and get this out there. Yeah, and e- even little things that we'll be planning with our athletes, mm-hmm. whether they're little quick video clips or, or things that we'll use for the uh, Macopoly game that we've got for our men's game on Feb 28th. You know, we, we try to encourage them to get involved with us and our creativity. I've got two great creative minds here with me. But, you know, I think some of the athletes understand it, too. Yes, they're, they're focused on what they have to do on the court, but sometimes we ask a little bit more of them as well. And if you look at the footprint of the MAC as a conference, it, it's probably hard to come up with a location that's better than Atlantic City. It is in a real good area for all those different schools. A few years ago, the Atlantic 10 had their tournament in Atlantic City, and the Atlantic 10 has a different geographical footprint, and maybe that didn't make as much sense as it does for the MAC. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. You know, outside of the Western New York schools, you, you're talking about, and, and maybe Siena or Marish, you, you know, everybody's within a, a three- or four-hour kind of radius. And 
before we were all traveling, you know, farther than that. A couple of years ago, we were up in Springfield, Massachusetts for the tournament, and it, it didn't really make any sense at all. We had no school mm-hmm. anywhere remotely close to that. Um, so I think, you know, having been to Albany for the last few years, a lot of the, the basketball coaches outside of Siena didn't like it because Siena would have that home court advantage. I mean, we saw it last year when we played them in the, the quarterfinal round. And there were 7,000 people there for a quarterfinal game, mm-hmm. um, all Siena fans for the most part. So the fact that, you know, we've been wanting to go to a neutral site. And we had a, a bunch of different ones. I was on a committee for the MAC for strategic planning. And about two years ago, I went to a number of different site visits um, with them. We were, I think we were uh, out on Long Island. I think we were at um, the Prudential Center. We were at a, a, a Atlantic City was one of them. We were at a number of different places to really get some feedback, see how interested they were. And when we actually went with this committee uh, to Atlantic City, they were ecstatic that we were considering them. I mean, they rolled out the red carpet. Everything had MAC logos everywhere. They made it really feel welcome. So I think they're going to do a really good job of marketing the MAC and, and having MAC branding kind of throughout Atlantic City. So it'll be interesting to, to see what happens. So, Chris, from a broadcasting and television standpoint, the games, as Karen said, a neutral location, great. But Boardwalk Hall, older historic arena, certainly not the same setup as some of your newer arenas are. Have you been able to look at that and and see what the pros and the cons of broadcasting from Boardwalk Hall will be? Yeah, I mean, you have different issues or or different obstacles every time you go into a new facility. Uh, Boardwalk Hall is, I mean, I think you used a good word, historical. Um, It's it's older. It's I think there's a lot. It's more aesthetically. Uh, it's aesthetically different than a lot of arenas you see, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's where the broadcast will benefit the most. Um, from a viewer standpoint, sitting at home, they're not going to see any difference from a broadcast standpoint from um, an, an arena like Times Union Center in Albany or, or the one or Jim Whalen Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City. Um, from a technical standpoint, they won't see a difference. From an aesthetic standpoint, they'll see a difference. It's, I mean, you, you have the, is it the world's largest organ mm-hmm. um, in the arena? So that's going to be something that I think uh, both viewers online and spectators in the arena are going to be treated to. Is uh, It's definitely a spectacle. Um, and just the arena itself looks um, ornate and historic, and it's from that 20s era where AC started booming. Um, so you're going to, um, I think the broadcast is going to benefit from it, and the viewers are going to, uh, I think, see what they're missing out if they're not there, and the spectators will enjoy it. It will. That are there. It will be interesting from an aesthetic standpoint. It is an older arena. It's got that dome-ish type top to mm-hmm. it, and I would imagine it's going to look a little bit darker, right? Your lighting is going to be different. Uh, the lighting's a little darker. It's a little more central on the court, um, but the staff there has done a good job. They, I mean, you, like you said, they've had the A10 tournament. They have huge events there all the time. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a little darker, and and we've we've done a site visit and we've mapped it out and all the equipment that we need and different equipment that maybe they're not prepared for. Like most arenas are, are pre-wired for television, they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've done our, our homework and our preparation, and it's well underway. And in less than three weeks, we'll be down there plugging all the cameras in and making sure they're bright enough uh, mm-hmm. for TV. So as we wrap up our talk about the MAC tournament in Atlantic City, Boardwalk Hall, March 10th to the 14th, here's a question for all three of you. If I've got a limited amount of time and I'm in Atlantic City, do I spend a good dinner, a nice meal at the Knife and Fork, or do I go get a cheesesteak at the White House? 
What do you recommend? Well, I, I know what Dion is going to say. Um, I think you should go to the Borgata Buffet. She's a buffet kind of girl. But that's just me. <laughs> She's a buffet girl. I'm a cheesesteak kind of girl, yeah. so yeah, I would you're be... Yeah, you're going to go get a quick bite to eat. There's yeah. a lot to see. You don't want to spend it. A lot to see, a lot to do. I mean, between events already at, in Atlantic City normally, but all the max ancillary events, you know, you're, you're going to want to go. If you're just the casual fan going down there, you're going to want to stop by that fan fest on the Friday and Saturday of it. All the schools are going to be there. There's going to be whether it's inflatables or games or prizes to win, you know, that's a great thing to bring the, the, the kids to as well to kill a little bit of time. And have you thought about what to do with the beach? Even though it's there, it's still early March. Have you found a way to maybe in and out? Is that going to happen? Well, now, I will tell you, I was down there last March, and we actually had a day that was almost 70 degrees when I was there in the mid-March last year on a, on a site visit. So mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, Chris is doing a polar plunge this weekend, and it's going to be freezing. So, I mean, <laughs> maybe he'll jump in. We might I'll encourage go him to go in. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Depends how I play that day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'd like to thank Karen, Deanna, and Chris for being our guests on the Go Bronx podcast, talking about the MAC tournament and Ryder's role as a host school. Thank you for listening to the NACMA podcast. Be sure to visit the online community and join NACMA in continuing the conversation.